Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Murder and Dolby podcast featuring me, Chandler Elspector. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, Chandler's move moves apace. Yeah. We are almost done. We just need to go and grab the last few bits of things, do the, uh, the deep cleaning, you know, the wiping down shelves and cleaning the inside of the defrosted fridge and yep. all those very fun things. Is, uh, is it nostalgic? Do you feel like, oh, it's been a few years, I'm going to miss this place, or is it just moving? <laughs> it, it's just a thing to be done. That's, there's nothing there's nothing to demystify or de-nostalgize the moving from one place to another and the very human emotions that could theoretically accompany accompany that than the very unmystified, unnostalgic, unemotional process of actually moving from one place to another, I would say. Yeah, the the closest I've come is, you know, I, I I'm not as good as other people as probably being able to let go of things like when it's time to like sort of sort through okay do i need to have this anymore that sort of you know moving on from things Mm -hmm. um so the closest i've come is uh deciding what is going to goodwill what is uh what is going in the trash those sorts of decisions like uh a couple mavs items that like i'm not a Mavs fan anymore so why do i need uh, that that sort of thing. Um, I, I have decided, or will battle with this decision for longer, to uh, to keep my Tyson Chandler uh, jersey because, and I guess my dirt jersey, not, uh, the, the former of which I'll wear more often than the other. But you know, but I guess I, I I can't part with everything. Yeah, none of us. Again, you're human. Say it's, it's very human gut sort of feeling. It's a core core feeling to not want to get rid of stuff. I'm the worst at that. I I never I don't get rid of anything. I've got my CDs. It's a problem. That's all I'm saying. Well, I can tell you one thing: we are about to get rid of. Yes. It's the off season. Yes. Thank God, because it's not as fun. No, it's not as fun. We have week zero games this weekend that will run through at the end of today's show. Um, you have, uh, I've completed my position previews for the Gophers for the year. The special teams post went up today. So if you want to read about this fancy new true freshman third string punter they got. Nice. I'm your man. Nice. Uh, but. It. You know, the other posts are up. We'll, we'll uh, have been up by the time you hear this. And next week will be my big uh, sort of everything all at once preview post with a big essay and asking some key questions and going through the schedule game by game to tell you exactly how many games the Gophers are going to win or lose, um, which sounds very similar to the things we do here. Yes, but in written form for those of you who like reading. Yes. Um, so it should be everybody because reading is great. 
talking reading, is great, but reading is reading is reading is rad, friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is is this your audition to show up in one of those posters that like REM would do in the nineties that would yep. go up in libraries. Yep, yep. I was gonna say, or like the rec, or like the after, like the after school program. Yep, absolutely. Well, anyway, our next question that we are going to ask in audio form this week um, is one that has a lot of different avenues, I think, and that is, what is our biggest concern with the Gophers entering 2023? This can be about the Gophers themselves. It can be about the teams they are surrounded by, that they will play, anything like that. What are your biggest concerns? My biggest concern is one you mentioned there, the teams they're going to play. They just have a really, really tough schedule. You know, I mean, in conference, I mean, anytime you draw Michigan and Ohio State, I mean, that's that's just rough. I mean, those are the you know two of the top four ranked teams in the country going into the preseason. Um, you know, those not great. Right. Um, to draw that. It's fun. It is to theoretically play them. And, you know, I mean, maybe maybe you, you know, have the game of a lifetime and, you know, play it close or even win. But I mean, anytime you go into the season playing those two teams, you you know, it's that's that's tough um, for whatever your aspirations are as being be an eight win season or a big bowl or a you know, conference division championship or whatever. Um, yeah, that's. That's tough right off the bat. But then, you know, throw in the North Carolina game. I mean, North Carolina isn't of those teams' calibers, but, you know, they're still pretty good. Uh, you know, likely will be favored in that game, depending on how things shake out the first couple weeks of the season. Um, Louisiana is probably not going to test you, but they are probably better than at least just based on recent seasons are possibly, you know, better than the T the, the kind of the cupcakes you played in the preseason, la- the, 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 the early season last year. Um, better than Colorado. Then, yes. Yes. Probably better than Colorado or God forbid, Western Illinois, the Leathernecks. God, you know, God bless them. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just who you play, you know, I mean, even Michigan state, you know, I mean, they're, we beat them pretty bad last year. They probably don't figure to be great, but it's not a cupcake, you know, depending on how their season shakes out, depending on how their team develops. I mean, that could be a tough game. Northwestern, you know, anticipate being tough. Nebraska, we don't know. We don't know about. I, I'm not expecting at this time Nebraska to be great, but, you know, that's still a team that usually, I mean, more often than not, you're theoretically competitive with, except for some of the games last couple of years, but there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of tough games and a lot of really, really tough games on the schedule. So it's like, even if you feel the team comparable to last year, which I is, is up in the air. Um, I think you would need a performance from your defense, a comparable performance from a defense, which is a likelihood that is not, I don't think a hundred percent like, you know, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's promise, but it's not far from certain, you know, combined with an offense, it certainly has upside, but it's also, you know, losing, you know, Mo, who was your, your workhorse. And I mean, workhorse really sells it short and he's one of the best running backs in program history, especially last year. Um, yeah. I mean, there's even, even if you feel that that exact same team, I think the schedule is a lot tougher 
and that right there is a cause for concern. So I guess the question there's there's many ways. Again, you like you said you can sort of answer that, but as far as season outcomes, that is my biggest concern. Yeah, SP Plus has it as I think the 17th hardest schedule in the country, which is obviously not the hardest schedule in the country, but it's not so far away, you know. Uh, and I could see potential for any of the opponents on their schedule, maybe not Eastern Michigan, who I did some research on today, um, maybe not Northwestern, but like Nebraska should be better than we think, especially in week one where you just don't know what to scout because, you know, a bunch of their team is gone from last year and Matt Rule hasn't coached in college for what, three, four years. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just hard to get a gauge of what they are. And week one can do weird things. For one week, we thought CJ Stroud might not be very good. You may recall. Yeah. Yeah. We thought, we thought, we thought Graham Mertz was, uh, you know, 20 for 20 or whatever, you know? Yeah. So um, that could be difficult. Michigan State, I. I mean, we, we can talk more about Michigan State next week and obviously when the Dwarfers play Michigan State. But, um, you know, they they have flaws, but they're not terrible. Illinois lost a lot, but they're still mean in the trenches. And yep. Purdue still has some players, not as much as last year. Just like the, the bottom line is, yeah, you're right. There's, there's a lot of teams with, at the very least, high floors, if not high ceilings. Uh, and then you have to go to the horseshoe and also – you host Michigan, uh, who might win the national championship this year. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, and we didn't we didn't mention it all, but you know, it's 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 a given, especially listening to this po podcast or any podcast, right? Um, Wisconsin Iowa will still be tough. You know, I don't know that either of those teams are national title contenders this year, but throw just throw those into the whole meat grinder of the rest of the schedule and. You know, I mean, they're both top 25 ranked into the season, whether you agree with that not or not. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. If there uh, is any, like, personnel-related uh, concerns I have, you know, you, you mentioned that the defense is probably going to fall off slightly this year. Um, while I feel good about Cody Lindenberg, uh Obviously, P.J. Fleck feels great about Tony Lindenberg, the amount he talks about him, and to a lesser extent, Devin Williams, the amount he's starting to pump him up into the season. Uh, you feel okay, a linebacker. I feel pretty good at safety. Yes. And, hmm? Yes. No, I was just agreeing about safety especially, and I think I know where you're going with this, but go on. But you look at cornerback, and you look at certain spots of the defensive line, and you think – this is probably going to be okay against teams that are maybe going to be in the bottom half of the division or in the conference, or maybe teams that have certain deficiencies that won't hurt you as much, um, but could easily like take away all of your chance to compete against Michigan or Ohio State uh, or win one of these games you're not supposed to, which would be enough to take you out of the Big Ten Wait, race. Like if you, I think there are three games on the schedule, Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State, you're not supposed to win. And if you if you lose one of those, I, I think that probably eliminates you in, in contention. And uh, so anyway, cornerback, it's just you feel good about Justin Walling. Very good, yes. And you think, okay, between 
Trevon Jones between Tyler Bride and Tariq Watson. One of those guys is probably enough to be a passable starter at this level, at least. Jones comes from Elon, and Tyler Bride comes from Georgia Southern. And then Tariq Watson is a redshirt freshman who got into one, maybe two games last year. Uh, do any of those backgrounds like stream this is like your your next star player? Because none of them were like, I mean, uh, Jones and, and Bride were not super decorated players where they came from. No, no. I mean, Jones was a little bit of productivity, I guess. But um, yeah, no, I mean, that that was my biggest personnel concern as well. I mean, there's just uncertainty, right? You just you just don't really know. And like what you do know, again, scream, not screams, but it indicates, you know, these guys, like you said, might be good, passable, passable, possible, good. But you know, it's not like last year, you had, you know, you had Terrell, I guess in, he even outperformed expectations last year, but, you know, where, where you had Terrell Smith in that slot and where you were like really, really feeling good about, you know, where, where you, you just had a really solid, solid, you know, sort of fringe pro player at that, at that spot. There's just, you just, right now, it just, it just feels like you just, you just don't know. And what you do know doesn't feel, doesn't feel terrible but it doesn't feel great outside of yeah. Wally, obviously. Yeah, and it's obviously whenever you, you hear names coming out of camp of like, oh, this guy's looking really good. You know, you, you kind of have to only like take that half seriously. Um, but it is notable, I think, that we're hearing about Devin Williams. We're hearing about Anthony Smith. We're hearing about Darius Taylor. We're not really hearing about the new guys at defensive back very much. Outside of Craig McDonald, who might not even play if the NCAA doesn't grant him a, a transfer waiver. So um, that is probably the biggest question mark. Defensive line, I think there are enough guys to be okay, but they're just, I mean, we've talked about, you know, before this month, but just um, it's a lot of prove-it situations yeah. where you need Joiner to clean up half of his game. You need Logan ready to clean up half of his game. You need Smith to show, you know, that he's ready to get on the field. You need Devin Eastern to play well at tactile as well as Darnell Jeffries, who may or may not start week one and has not been very impressive in his college career. Um, I think Tyler Baugh is probably pretty secure, but he's not an all-world tactile by any means. Um, and Danny Strigo also probably needs to show that the flashes he showed last year weren't a fluke, um, that it's a sign of something more and that he can consistently get pressure on the opposing quarterback because someone has to. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's just these these aren't like huge weaknesses, these, these position groups, but they are definite reason for concern. Yeah, certainly question marks, if not red flags. Um, I would also point to at linebacker and safety. I really I feel great about the top of the depth chart. Depth may be a problem. Um, Coleman Bryson, I like the player. I don't think I like him as a redshirt freshman starter if Darius Green or Tyler Newbin gets hurt. Yeah. A defense without, I mean, a de I mean, this defense without Tyler Newbin, obviously any player of that caliber 
I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to bring this into the world. Well, I I will because it's football and these things just happen. You know, Antoine Winfield had two season-ending leg injuries once upon a time, and uh, I think if Tyler Newbin goes down in September, your your goal is just bowl eligibility at that point. He's that yeah. vital. Yep. Offensively, um, is there anything you wanted to look at? I mean, it's not even a cause for – I think offense – I mean, again, I, I, the talent feels like it's there. And I, I can't speak as much to the line, but I feel like from what we've talked about, the line seems like it should be fine. And, there's a, again, there's a track record of developing and of that position group playing well. I mean, cause for concern would just be Ethan being – Ethan's consistency. Um, I feel good about the running backs, and I feel like – while there will be a step down from Mo, I, I I feel like there's enough productivity in the form of Tyler, enough upside in the form of Evans and Taylor, um, that you know you, you feel like you feel like if if the line if the assuming no catastrophic injuries in the offensive line, you feel like the running game should be there, right? Um, receiver group is like we talked about extensively a couple weeks ago, is very solid. Um, a lot of proven production uh, with also a lot of upside. It's a crowded room, but um, you have to feel good about it. I think it all just comes down to Ethan and his consistency and his accuracy. And if that's there, I think it'll be fine. If it's not there, I mean, your floor definitely lowers. But, um, yeah, offense, I'm generally I feel more solid outside of the same things we talk about every week <laughs> Yeah, in terms of philosophy uh... and, and playbook and whatnot. Yeah, obviously you you need PJ Fleck to to get a clue um, on on his uh, in game decisions, but from a, yeah, personnel standpoint, I feel I feel fine on offense for the most part. Yeah, my my only thing is you you are replacing three starters uh, on the the line where you and and Quinn Carroll is moving positions, although it's a move that makes a lot of sense. He his play style fits at guard probably better than tackle, where he's a not very good pass protector, at least at the power five level. But uh, he's a, he's a mean dude, blocking yep. the run. So big, you know, big man. Uh, yeah, uh, elevate either Duday or Lewis to starting tackle it makes sense. Um, but we haven't seen Martez Lewis in a meaningful way on the field. We haven't seen. Nathan Bow and whether it's Tartar Shaw or Tyler Cooper, uh, we haven't seen them do much of anything on the field uh, outside of blowouts or maybe a spot start. I, I think Bow, he started the the bowl game against Syracuse for sure. He might have started as well against Nebraska in that game a couple of years ago where everyone was out with COVID. But there's just there's non-extensive background. Shaw, you, you have to go all the way back to Utah State, and he's been with this program for three or four years at this point. So, but even then, I, I you mentioned the development. I think Brian Callahan is a very good offensive line coach. He has plenty of proof in his favor on that uh, that front, and also uh, it's better than trotting out some some redshirt freshmen and some sophomores. You know, it, it's all yeah. upperclassmen, some some sixth year guys. There's a lot of experience in these getting reps against high-level players in practice uh, and knowing the system and everything. It's it's not a matter of breaking in some new guys. If we were talking about Greg Johnson breaking in the lineup right now, as much as I like Greg Johnson as a prospect, then I would be much more concerned. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the offensive line, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's question marks, but again, you feel, you feel like it'll come together. I mean, worst case, maybe it takes a little time, but I, again, I just think the track of this program, I mean, the R lines have been, are, you know, not perfect, but certainly strengths the last, you know, half, really half decade. 100% agree on that front. Uh, I guess the only last concern I might express is a relatively minor one, but it does exist. It's just, can Dragon Tessich uh, kick field goals? Yeah. Long ones, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he went four for four in the spring game. And, you know, he, as far as I know, has not been displaced by Jacob Lewis on the uh, place kicking depth chart. But uh, it's just a matter of, you know, we have to see it happen. <laughs> There's not really any prognosticating we can do. Spring game is a very small sample against no sort of rush. Uh, he has one college field goal attempt, a very long field goal that was blocked. Uh, so it's really hard to know what to do with them. So we just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think that more or less answers our question. We will have one more question next week. Question and all questions. Yes. Uh, there will be no more questions after that. If you want to hear our past questions, uh, the last couple episodes have had those where we asked who are potential breakout players for 2023 and what position group most needs to improve going into the season. Speaking of the season, we are, as we record, two days away from the 2023 season starting. Yes, yes. Uh, And there are only seven games so we can actually talk about them all right here, at least FBS games. I believe there are a couple FCS games as well, um, but we'll start with the FBS games. 2.30, or uh, is this... Um, it might I might be looking... Yeah, I am looking at Eastern Time. So 1.30 p.m. on NBC, leading right out of Premier League coverage, you will have Navy playing Notre Dame, in Dublin, Ireland. Should be a great uh, one. Great, great one for the Catholics to drop. <laughs> I don't think Navy is in any state to take down even a, uh, you know, less than full strength Notre Dame, I guess. I don't either. Doesn't mean it wouldn't be funny. You know, I, I'm here for you. It'd be really funny. I mean, was this I, last year? Was this last year when Northwestern beat Nebraska in this slot in Dublin? Yes, that was the last win of Pat Fitzgerald's tenure. You know what? Well, uh, let's. Let's manifest for friends. Um, and then everything else in the FBS uh, slot or uh, slate is loaded into the evening. 4.30, UTEP plays Jacksonville State. I think this is Jacksonville State's first ever FBS game. So good for them. Um, Jacksonville State being in Alabama, for those of you unaware. UMass and New Mexico State, Jerry Kill faces off against Don Brown, 6 o'clock on Big ESPN. Uh, At 6 o'clock on FS1, Ohio travels to San Diego State. Um, Hawaii plays Vanderbilt at 6.30 on the SEC network. 7 o'clock on the non-existent Pac-12 network, San Jose State visits USC, which is really a game that should be anywhere else, like it's Caleb Williams. It's USC. You know, 
I want to I want to watch Caleb Williams as much as I can this season, yeah. which is he's really good. Um, eight o'clock, FIU goes to Ruston to play Louisiana Tech, and uh, then we have three FCS games at two thirty on ESPN. North Alabama visits Mercer. Uh, six o'clock on Flow Sports, which also does not exist, is Fordham versus Albany. And uh, then we have the uh, MIAC SWAC Challenge, South Carolina State against Jackson State, which is the 6:30 ABC game. Uh, which I don't know who the broadcast team is this year because I think Robert Griffin got moved away from Mark Jones. Um, but it's a uh, it's a very strong like exhibition for HBCU football where. ESPN does actually go pretty hard to to try to, you know, sell you on this being like a, a big deal, which um, it's a bit hard to do sometimes when it's being played at a converted baseball stadium in Atlanta. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, still, and it'll be a, a much a much weaker Jackson State, but it's still cool to you know have this game on and yeah, have it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, of the games listed, is there anything that you are really looking forward to? You know, no. Um, I would say, uh, I I mean, just based on time slot and what I'm doing on Saturday, I will probably tune into like the first quarter of Navy Notre Dame. Um, like I, I, as much as I want it to, you know, be good, I'm not expecting it to be good, just to be clear. Um, you know, the UTEP Jacksonville state game is probably the one that carries the most intrigue. The one where I feel like, oh, this will probably be, this will probably be a good game. I don't trust the San Diego state, Ohio. I mean, those programs haven't been very good. So I know the line is like th- San Diego state by three, it looks like, but who knows? You know, I, I just, I just can't, I, it might, I mean, all, in any game, I mean, it's the obvious cap of like any game can be good at any time. So I will probably be watching football. But as far as what I actually prioritize going into it, probably mostly just the UTEP Jacksonville State game, provided I'm in the right place at the right time. Um, and the, I would, I was thinking that too, I would really like to watch Caleb Williams devour a, devour a San Jose State defense, but. Yeah, I won't be able to watch that. And then, yeah, so it, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a great slate, but, you know, it's week zero. It's not not it's not really the point. No, the point is just to to have these games, uh, which, you know what, that's uh, that's all we need, frankly. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to have have some football to watch, even if it's relatively low level compared to what we'll be watching even four or five days later. So yep. um, I'm, I'm not going to, to turn down a stake just because it's not the, the best stake in the world. Yep, absolutely. Anyway, um, this Sunday, you and I will be at a Mastodon show. We'll be seeing some Sludge Metal intentionally this time. Yep. Um, and uh, did, did, did we actually go for that story on the podcast? Which one? The 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 postponed affair situation. Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think we did. Well, the the short version of it is is we were looking for somewhere to uh, to go after Bonavera to see if 
you know, we could just ride out traffic for a w little while, sit down, you know, drink something, talk, whatever. Uh, and uh, we wander into this bar and we pay a covered fee because um, we can't hear the band right now. So we figure, yeah, sure, we'll hear some live music. And then it turns out to be a sludge metal band, a very loud, shouty sludge metal band. It was kind of funny. The funniest part was that that band, that band, that first note, that first big riff hit right as right as my hand dropped that dollar, dropped that whatever, 20, 40 dollars into the into the into the thing. Like there was no there was no turning, but like it was right after the point of no return. And luckily we found a patio. But, but the band, I think we agreed the band did sound like they had so they had some riffage going. Um, but other than that, yeah, otherwise we had a good spot in the patio and uh it was and, and the story ended well, which was nice. Yeah, just uh, I I still did feel like a bit of a jerk going out to the patio, walking directly in front of the band yes. because we didn't see where the the other door to get to the patio was. It was stressful too, and I the people don't know this, but yeah, we 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 had to walk right in front of the door in front of the crowd, and we had to unlock the door, which was about the longest it's ever felt to take. You know, you just I was calling at the door, just begging it to open, you know, and thankfully it relented finally. But man, that was scary. Scary. You don't want to get in the way of, of the people and their metal. No, I mean I, this this crowd seemed very docile, and the band yes. was kind of middle aged guys. Uh, so I don't think we were at any threat of, uh, anything. So it was a pretty small bar too, but, yeah. um, you know, we, uh, it's not scary. The, the, the scary part is just being that guy. Yeah. But Absolutely. anyway, we'll, we'll be up in Wake Park seeing, seeing Mastodon and having a jolly old time. And, uh, when we come back, we probably will not talk about it because we've got week one to talk about. We've got a million things to talk about. Yes, uh, such as, can you guess right now who is playing quarterback for the Nebraska Cornhuskers? I'm going with Chubba. It's my guess. You're going right there. It's Chubba. I just like the name. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Chubba. It's not that, Chubba? Is he not in the roster anymore? He might be, uh, but they got a transfer whose name I have already forgotten, even though it's someone I know exactly who it is. Hudson Tart is at Purdue. Tan Tanner Morgan. Tanner Mordecai, which is not a hard name to say, is uh, at Wisconsin, yep. and Tate McNamara is at Iowa. The quarterback for your Nebraska Cornhuskers is uh, is it Jeff Sims? I I, huh. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's Jeff Sims, the uh, the Georgia Tech transfer. Well, all right. You know, I have to say, out of out of the out of the, out of those four you mentioned, I think, or three or four, whatever, I think that's probably the one you wouldn't would least want. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I didn't watch that much Georgia Tech for obvious reasons, and I think he wasn't that bad. Um, maybe just I've seen enough Georgia Tech to to recognize the name Sims, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's not it's not the best situation. But anyway. We'll talk about that next week because I'll actually have watched some Jeff Sims. Right. And um, hope everyone has a, a good last weekend before going for football. Yep. See ya. Yeah.